0: This is Python Bytes, episode number one, recorded Monday, November 7th, 2016. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Python Bytes, where we deliver Python headlines directly to your earbuds. This is one of your hosts, Michael Kennedy, along here with Brian Aukin. Hey, Brian, how's it going? Uh, it's going great. I'm super excited to be doing this podcast with you. I'm, I'm really thrilled to be bringing these little tidbits to everyone each week or Biweekly, whatever we would decide to go with.
1: Yeah, I think I'm. Um, I'm really excited too. I think the um, this is definitely something that's missing
0: out in the community right now. Yeah, the goal is you subscribe to Python Bytes, and if you listen every week, you'll basically get a lot of the top headlines that you need to know about. So let's jump right into the headlines. The first one that I want to talk about is PyData, specifically PyData from Washington DC. The videos for this conference are out, so if You didn't make it to PyData DC and you want to check them out, there are 64 videos, which is about 30, 35 hours worth of content on YouTube right now. And so a couple of the videos that I, I thought were really great, you know, looking through them were one of them was Elasticsearch and Redis, how and when to use them. And I don't really know too much about Elasticsearch, so I'm really excited to watch this video and learn more about it. Another one's the one by Renee Tate. She hosts a podcast and a website called Becoming a Data Scientist. And she did a, a talk on a, advice from her podcast guests about becoming a data scientist. So I think that's really cool. One that was also cool was visual diagnostics for more information and about machine learning and basically tuning your machine learning. And then one about data reproducibility and scientific computing called You Got Your Engineering and My Data Science Addressing the Reproducibility Crisis.
1: Yeah, I, I was really impressed with these videos. And I'm, I, there's a couple of things that I really liked about them. I like the format that shows you you can see both the slides and the presenter on a little a little, uh, kind of a picture-in-picture picture sort of thing of the presenter talking as well. I think that was done well. I also really like the, um, man, these are like 35 minutes or half an hour presentations and they're just packed with data
0: yeah it's not like people are trying to fill an hour hour and a half they're like here's the essence let's go and it's it's really great and you know i definitely ag- agree with you on the quality i'm i'm really really impressed with all the python conferences about how high quality their av work is and how how good of an effort they make to basically record and share not just with the attendees but with everybody whatever went on there
1: yeah it's pretty impressive
0: all right what do you got first brian
1: Oh, all right <laughs> One of the things that i that came up is another tutorial about easy args about um it's a command line command line to library for making uh arguments better. I actually didn't take too much of a look at it. I just think it's one of the things I wanted to point out was it's um kind of interesting that we have uh yet another way to make um, command line arguments easier to parse um I've lost track now of how many extra
0: libraries there are. Yeah, let's see. Arg pars, click doc opt, and a bunch more, right?
1: Yeah, it it, it seems. Um, I was just thinking that it seems like a rite of passage now. That um, so, if you if you're serious about being a Python developer and open source and blogging about it, you have to do two things. You have to write a tutorial about how generators work, and you have to make your own command line library.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. I, I think you might be right there.
1: I haven't done either of those but um but I I actually do like um I'm making fun of it a little bit but I I I'm glad that people are doing it if if everybody's trying to solve the problem it means there's a lot of people not happy with the current solutions and I'm one of those people that likes to write command line tools so um
0: I I I say more power to them to to write another. Yeah, absolutely more power to them. That's awesome. So The next one that I wanted to talk about is something called safety-db, which is on GitHub. And of course, we'll put all the links to everything we're talking about in the show notes. You can check them out in your podcast player. But safety-db is interesting because when we write and deploy our applications, especially web applications because they have the biggest surface area and they, they touch the most people, right? They're publicly out on a server. We don't just deploy our code. We deploy all the packages that we're using in our code. And then the packages that those packages depend upon and so on. So, for example, on my training website, uh, I've got a mailing list and I use MailChimp for that. MailChimp itself depends upon DocOpt, speaking of uh, command line parsers and so on. How do I keep track of all these things and know if there's a security vulnerability? Like, what if there's a problem in DocOpt that would let people hack into my server? I didn't install DocOpt. Maybe it's not even on my mind. I don't even realize that it got installed. This... GitHub set of data keeps that information current so I can check, hey, does my project have any vulnerabilities that I may or may not even be aware of through these uh, this sort of hierarchy of dependencies I'm using.
1: Wow, that's re- I, I didn't realize it was that uh... That in full, um, yeah. So I'm, I'm I'm just starting to get into more of the web development aspect of it, but I do. I mean, just even with the, what I do now, I depend on Mailchimp and other other services. Um, I didn't even think about that of of looking at their vulnerabilities.
0: Yeah, isn't that crazy? And there there was something with uh, one of the libraries that Flask is built upon a while ago that caused some some big hoopla, and I'm I'm sure it got patched right away and it was no big deal, but. You know, if you don't know that you need to go patch your system, that's that's a problem. So, Safety DB. Yeah, great, cool. I'll check it out. Check it out. All right. So next up, we've
1: got a GitHub project that came to my attention this week um, called Fast Style Transfer, and it's a um, an interesting library that that uses um, TensorFlow, which I've never used TensorFlow. Have you used TensorFlow, Mike?
0: No, I'm I'm just starting to work on a a project. Um, a data science project that is probably using TensorFlow but I've only heard good things I have not yet used it
1: okay well this this one is something that makes me want to get, give it a try because it uh, it lo- the demo on it looks really cool you you take a um, a painting or a picture of some artists style and you can apply that style to another picture like your own picture and I've seen something like that before but what I'm really excited about is this will apply it to videos as well and I've always, I guess, ever since the Aha's uh, take on me video, I've liked that that notion of uh, of a uh, like an
0: artistic um, style over a short video. It just seems like fun. That sounds so, really fun. So I could like take my training videos and and turn them into like a Van Gogh type of thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> that'd um, be awesome. I don't know if people could read your slides, but um, but it, they would uh, feel very
0: the, creative while they're watching it.
1: No, I, I can't. I can't think of actually any commercial reason why I would try this,
0: but but the artist in me wants to give it a shot. No, it sounds really cool, and a chance to play a TensorFlow also cool. Yeah. So another big piece of news that came out this week is Pip. So Pip has a full new major version. Pip nine is out and comes with a couple of new features. One is the ability to uh, check the installed package dependencies to see if everything is set up correctly there. You can use pip show in a less verbose way. You can also say pip list and give it a not required option, which will show you all the packages that don't have, aren't, aren't there because they're a dependency on a thing. They're sort of top level, which is really cool. There's a ton of fixes that came as part of this release and as you might expect with any major release of some new thing four days later pip 901 was released with five fixes for bugs that were introduced in pip 9 yeah um and actually there's a there's the list of
1: what's in pip 9 is is big it is and i'm one of the things that is cool is there's there's features in there that i didn't even know existed um so like the pip check is like um, that's really cool. I'm excited about that. But the um, also, the they're changing the list format, or they're going to. So if you do pip list um, now on 9, it'll give you a warning that in the future, the default format will be a column format. And the column format, you can add now with a dash dash format equals column.
0: And it's really easy to read. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, I'm really excited that this is here as well. Packaging is such a foundational, important thing in the whole ecosystem. And so anything that makes that better... I'm all, I'm for it.
1: Yeah. And I'm, i I use, a, a, a like most people I'm using virtual environments all over the place and keeping track of what's, uh, what's in every one of them is, is pretty cool. Yeah, it definitely is. Okay. So I'm going to jump to one, uh, the next topic that you brought up, which is, um, a Reddit. Actually, it's a, it's a sort of a blog post and a Jupiter project about, the new macbook pro and what reddit users think of the macbook pro and um i at first um you brought this up and i'm like this is ridiculous um i know that everybody's up like half the people are upset and half the people are excited but most of the people i talk to are developers and they're kind of ticked about all the changes of the macbook pro but this reddit article or this article about incorporating reddit it's not about it's not about the Specifics of that—it's using uh, sentiment. It's talking about sentiment analysis to analyze all the words used in these Reddit threads, and um, and and try to determine from this the words if people are excited or upset about it. And I had never even heard of sentiment analysis, so I think it's neat to um, to show a data analysis project that is topical on something that people are talking about right now.
0: Yeah, because we all have a thing that we care about. Either we work for a company that makes a product or has some sort of public persona or or we have an open source project. And it would be nice to know, are people liking my work? And this ability to apply sentiment analysis to it, it sounds, it sounds really cool. And I think the MacBook Pro is a great thing to just grab because it's timely.
1: Yeah. Um, and, and I think it'd be kind of neat to uh, it was interesting to, to apply it to that and probably safer than applying it to something like current politics um, because, you know, you don't want to get in the middle of that right now.
0: So. No, 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 no. It's <laughs> it's T it's minus uh, 28 hours or something. Nobody wants to get in the middle of that. Yeah, cool. So I really thought yeah. that was neat as well. Uh, personally, I have a MacBook Pro I'm holding out. <laughs> I'm not buying this new one for a while. I'm going to see where this whole thing shakes out.
1: Yeah, I guess I didn't want to get it too much into it, but I was curious about that if you were going to uh get a new one or not.
0: No, I was so, I was ready to, you know, go customize it, turn all the knobs to 11 and say ship it now, but uh it just, you know, I I I think there's too many things that are kind of weird and there's not enough of a benefit, so I'm just going to stick with what I got.
1: Yeah, I guess um and I um maybe I'm just not doing anything complicated cuz I'm on a couple year old um MacBook Air. I just don't need very much power, I guess. So yeah, that's that's, anyway. that's
0: good news. All right, okay. All right. Well, that rounds out our news items for the week. But you know, what else? What do you got going on? I know you've you've got the the tested code podcast going. You're working on a book. You just did some uh, presentations at a conference. Why don't you tell people like what's what's the news around your life?
1: Yeah. Well, I'm I'm very grateful for no- November to roll around because um, there's I know that um, I. I know a lot of people in startups and I guess, uh, I've heard that people are working in San Francisco and stuff work like crazy hours, but I'm not used to that. I'm a, I'm a, um, older engineer and I liked, I like my 40 hour work weeks and, but October it has been insane. I've been doing our projects at work, which aren't, I can't talk about And most of the people listening wouldn't care about, but they're, they've, we've been doing like 60 hour weeks lately. And on top of that, I was doing the, um, It's Pacific Northwest Software Quality Conference, and I got to talk about, it was a couple weeks ago, I got to talk at that conference, and that was a 90-minute talk, and that's actually when I was looking at the PyData videos, I was impressed with all the information people got out in 30 minutes, because it's like three times the amount of content that I got out in like 90 minutes. (laughs) So, um, but it was a, it was a good experience to talk. Um, I'm actually kind of glad that my first, uh, conference experience was a long one because, uh, it, I sure got my uh, jitters out of the way. Um, and I'm excited to do a future one and, uh, the, um, the book's coming along good. Um, I'm work, I'm working with an editor and this, this upcoming book is on PI, uh, focused on PI test, uh, alone. And yeah, that's uh, excellent. What's the
0: title? So people know what to look for.
1: We don't have a title yet. Um, so The, the um, book about PyTest. Yeah, the Brian book about PyTest. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but I, I will definitely share more information with this podcast as it becomes available. So, yeah, yeah, beautiful. Hey,
0: how about you? What's going on with you? Well, I've been on an absolute terror of recording Talk Python to Me episodes. I recorded six weeks worth last uh, week. So that's given that I spend about 10 hours of research and prep time on each. That meant a very long week, but... I'm really, really happy with what I got out. And the next three that I have coming, you know, we talked about pip, and there's actually a bit of a crisis in the Python's Python ecosystem's core open source infrastructure. And so I'm doing a panel session including the guy who, who works on PyPI and pip on stuffed, and that's called "Are We Failing to Fund Python's Core Infrastructure?" So that comes out this week. And also did a, something which I, I love the title parsing horrible things with Python with Eric Rose. And then uh, Martin Peters, who is either the top or one of the top guys at Stack Overflow as a, uh, a user, a contributor, an answerer, has over half half a million reputation in Python. And I talked to him about a bunch of the things going on with questions and answers and, and hard problems that they found on, on Stack Overflow. And, and that's just super revealing. I've learned a ton by doing that.
1: Wow, I can't wait to talk about these. Is now is Donald still
0: on Pip or is Donald he... is still Donald's still on Pip, but uh, the short the short, short, short version is he was working at HP. HP went through a huge bunch of layoffs, cut his whole division, and by way of doing that basically defunded PyPI. Wow. So so there's other companies like Rackspace and um, a couple of others, I'm sorry, I'm forgetting the names, that contribute tons of resources in terms of computing and server and bandwidth, like the the bandwidth and infrastructure charges for PyPI are $40,000 a month. Wow. But there's no funding for people to keep that infrastructure running. So anyway, that's what that show is about.
1: Well, I can't wait for that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Check it out if you guys are interested.
1: All right. Oh, yeah. I forgot to mention I, I do have – um I did talk with uh, Rafael Pierzina. I'm probably getting that wrong. But that's a, a podcast coming up for testing Code focused on PyTest and Cookie Cutter. So – that's coming up soon.
0: Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you everybody for listening to this very first episode of Python Bytes. Brian, thank you for launching a new podcast with me. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I hope people enjoy it. Uh, I think it'll be fun too. Thank you, Michael. Yeah, absolutely. So if you are out there listening and you're like, oh, I have a great news item I want to send you guys, uh, just visit pythonbytes.fm. There's a way right in the menu bar to click and actually send us your news. So if you find something that's cool and you want us to cover it in the next episode, be sure to send it our way so that it's on our radar. All right. Thank you, everyone. Talk to you later. Bye, Brian. Bye. Thank you for listening to Python Bytes. Follow the show on Twitter via at Python Bytes. That's Python Bytes as in B-Y-T-E-S. And get the full show notes at pythonbytes.fm. If you have a news item you want featured, just visit pythonbytes.fm and send it our way. We're always on the lookout for sharing something cool. On behalf of myself and Brian Aachen, this is Michael Kennedy. Thank you for listening and sharing this podcast with your friends and colleagues.